You're listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around Austin P, the athletics department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC, to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson, he is Dylan Schwartz, and together we bring you this, whatever it is, each week at the behest of dozens of listeners and against the wishes of hundreds. And Dylan, we have to begin this week with the departure of Will Healy, head football coach at Austin P, now on the move to Charlotte. Yeah, uh, rumors began late last week, and by Tuesday morning, all that was left was really the formality of it. Um, put out a really heartfelt letter to the to Gov Nation on Twitter, um, and Coach Ely, you know, was was really right in a sense that you know Austin P football really will never be as bad as we were before it got here. And, and if you remember, his first season, you know, we went winless. It's not like it was a immediate turnaround, although he turned everything around in his second season and you know led the govs to what many people thought was a team that deserved an fcs playoff berth and um you know beat murray the past two years and you know ha- had very good moments of this season as well um to quote the big boss athletic director Jared harrison he basically left this place better than he found it and that's really um all you can ask of of a coach when you're hiring a new coach is to is to you know improve on on the situation of when you got there and you know I, I believe and I, I assume that everybody around Clarksville believes that Will Healy did that. Yeah, I don't think you can question that. And so now the next step is obviously the, the next coach, the 20th in program history. Uh, for this one, it will be a new wrinkle, will be the early signing period uh, starting two weeks from today as you and I talk, uh, December 19th. That may accelerate the timeline. It may accelerate or alter who knows. Uh, Joshua Ergel, uh, offense coordinator, is the interim head coach at the moment, and obviously he's going to have some things to do in terms of keeping commitments for that December nineteenth period. Um, overall, I mean, it's it's a, it's a state of flux. It's an exciting time, but it's an uncertain time when you have to bring in a new coach. But uh, as you mentioned, our boss Gerald Harrison, he he outlined his expectations. I want to read these off to you because I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see who he brings in who ultimately checks all these boxes our new coach will have an unyielding commitment to provide a great student athlete experience we'll understand the total gov concept which includes a belief that we must develop our student athletes academically athletically socially and mentally we'll consistently demonstrate a relentless energy and passion for life in the game of football we'll understand the concept of integrity above all be an active and productive member of Stashville. We'll understand what it means to see red and that winning with class is an expectation. And you better believe that the search for the next Austin P head football coach is already underway and you know looking for that one guy who checks all those boxes and hopefully can bring just as much if not more success than um, than Coach Healy did in his three years here at Austin P. And that's the expectation now, you know. I mean, it's it's no longer, uh, well, you know, just get into Austin P and make of it what you can make of it. Now there is an actual expectation here for our football program. But let's recap what actually happened on the field of competition last week for the Governors, beginning with men's basketball with a sweep on the road at Troy and Alabama A&M. The first true road non-conference win since 2015 and the first back-to-back road non-conference victory since 2010. Once again, the Governors went to overtime against Troy, the third overtime game already for the Governors in 
That experience against USF and Ohio served them well against the Trojans as Austin P held off their host for a victory. Second career double-double for Chris Porter-Bunton with 16 points and a career-best 15 rebounds. Uh, CB was really the catalyst down the stretch for the Governors, and he almost he basically willed Austin P into overtime against Troy. The Saturday contest against Alabama A&M might have been a little bit closer than expected in a 73-61 win against a team that is winless uh, so far this season and has not enjoyed a non-conference win since, I believe, 2015. But the second game of these two-game weekends has been tough right now for the Governors because Austin P. a lot of early season injuries. Uh, a little bit more depth would help, as would not being forced to play guys' positions they aren't accustomed to for long stretches, but that's not a luxury the Governors have right now because it is, with so many injuries, the second game of those uh, two and three nights is just it's a grind, and the Governors grounded out and won against Alabama A&M. Speaking of depth, 51 total fouls in the game against the Bulldogs. That was a lot of fouls and a lot of foul trouble. But the Governors held off thanks largely to the defense, which, which forced – let me try to get that sentence out again – which forced 26 turnovers to lead the way for Austin P. as the Governors get back to 500 on the season. Staying on the hardwood with the women's team, they had a trio of contests, uh, concluding with a win over in-state rival Lipscomb last Thursday. It was a complete performance for the Govs, a 70-58 win. You had five players – Scoring double figures, uh, really good from the free throw line. Struggled a little bit from the free throw line to start the year. Now they have um, really been shooting the ball a lot better from the charity stripe. Um, you had um, a, a lot of players really come off the bench as well to provide energy for that. And it gave them a lot of confidence going into their two-game road trip in Illinois, starting against the Leathernecks of West Illinois. And the Govs got out to an unbelievable start. They were up 22-9 at the first period including three threes in the quarter from Brianna Furby, who finished with a governor's high 19 points in that game. Uh, unfortunately, West Illinois came back in the second quarter and ended up taking the lead into halftime and into the fourth quarter when um, the Govs unfortunately lost Keisha Gregory for the game due to foul trouble. Um, picked a couple fouls early, uh, ended up fouling out with about seven minutes, but the Govs did step up when it looked like West Illinois might pull away. They're up five with two minutes to go. Um, the Furby twins stepped up along with Ari Gonzalez-Varner, who had another double-double with 16 points and 12 boards. Down five with two minutes to go. Brianna Furby hit another triple to get within two. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the Leathernecks of Western Illinois, they just kept answering the threes with twos. Um, on the next Cubs possession, Brianna, again, another three. The next Cubs possession, her twin sister Brandy, a three, another three. So it's three threes on the three straight possessions. Unfortunately, it only led to a tie game because... West Illinois kept hitting free throws and getting inside the paint and getting some layups. Um, when it came out of timeout, 72-72 with 40 seconds left, um, West Illinois got a bucket and a foul, converted the three-point play. Then, unfortunately, Gonzalez-Varner was called for an offensive foul on the other end, and that kind of ended the, the comeback um, attempt in the second half for the Govs. Um, they still had confidence going into the Illinois State game. They turned West Illinois over 27 times. So, you know, as long as they took care of the basketball, they thought they would have, you know, a much better chance against Illinois State. Um, they only turned the ball over eight times against Illinois State, but they only forced 10 turnovers against Illinois State. So they got to find some balance in between committing and forcing turnovers. Um, Might to make sure to limit their turnovers to a minimum while forcing, um, you know, as many turnovers as possible. Obviously, you got to find that happy medium. Um, again, the Govs led after the first quarter against Illinois State, went into halftime tied. 
Um, Brianna Furby, again, a nice play uh, at the end of the third quarter to give the Guns the lead going into the fourth. Ran the length of the floor with four seconds left, um, converted a three-point play. Um, Keisha Gregory hit another three uh, in the fourth quarter to put the Govs back up by two, but unfortunately, that was kind of all the scoring that happened with the Govs in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, there was about a six-minute stretch where they didn't score, and it's hard to win you know, a basketball game when that happens, unfortunately. It's not like Illinois State started lighting up the scoreboard by any stretch. Um, you know, they did credit to them. They played good defense, hit the free throws. Um, their star player, one of their star players, Simone Goods, who had 22 and 14, was a 60% free throw shooter coming in the game. She went 10 for 11. You know, there's there's really not much you can you know do there. It's just unfortunate. Um, the Govs still have plenty of things, uh, plenty of positives to take from those two games. Really, just closing out close games is the next hurdle for this young team to clear. Um, Want to shout out Gonzalez Vaughn another nice week. Um, Brianna Furby, consistent option, scored in double figures in all three of the games for the Govs this week. And you know they're they're playing with a couple injuries. Michaela Campbell's been out for a while. We thought Casey Kidwell would be out for a while. She missed one game. People thought that you know, she'd be out for at least a couple weeks. She was in a boot and then was able to make the trip and give valuable minutes off the bench. And another special stat for Gonzalez Varner, who leads the team in scoring, rebounding, steals, and blocks. And you can't imagine many players across the country um, you know, can, can say that for themselves. Probably not. Um, as we head into the holiday season, track and field opens it's indoor season with not one but two indoor meets in the pre-Christmas portion of the season this year. Beginning with Vanderbilt last weekend, opening the season can always be a little bit of a crapshoot because, you know, they haven't faced competition of any sort since last May in the OVC Outdoor Championships. Uh, but this was a very good first meet, I felt like. Uh, a lot of a lot of people, I'm not, I wouldn't say surprised, but certainly were ahead of the expectations probably set for themselves. Uh, Savannah Amato with the best uh, opening height of her Austin P career in the pole vault. Uh, the pole vaulters across the board really impressed with their usual selves. Uh, Daisha Hicks with a very nice uh, 3.85 meter, very close to her personal best. Uh, I was personally impressed with Caitlin Black and Camille Dunbar in the hurdles, uh, both with personal best. Big step forward for both of them. Very positive development. Would love to see a lot of hurdle depth. That's a spot that the governors in the past have picked up quite a few points in the OVC indoor and outdoor competition and would love to see that continue. For the first time in a while, we had multiple dedicated throwers. I uh, thought Corey McDonald in particular had a very nice collegiate debut with a couple of top 10 finishes in the weight throw and the shot put. The 300-meter dash, not a real event according to the NCAA, but that did not stop Sabrina Richmond from winning it and setting the school record while doing so. So uh, across the board, really, very good opening weekend for the governors on the track. I want to end this segment by giving a special shout-out to Chris Porter-Button. As Colby mentioned, he had a standout game against Alabama and A&M. Nearly averaged a double-double across um, the week for the Govs, he had 16 points and 9.5 rebounds per game averages, and he earned Tennessee Sports Writer Association Men's Basketball Player of the Week honors. Shout out to CB. Good job, good job. We will take a break. Bring on Renee Simon as this week's guest right after this. Living it up in the city. 
Our guest today is the heart and soul of one of the captains for Austin Peace Soccer, a well-earned recognition bestowed on the team leaders. Renee Simon, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. What makes a good leader? Um, I think two really big characteristics of a leader would be uh, communication and mostly setting by example. Um, just trying to include everybody and be that person that's kind of there when um, maybe the team is feeling down or people are like wanting to give up and just like gassed. Um, uh, but not only that, like you're able to do it and uh, be yourself, like not really be fake. And um, because people are going to respect and like look up to somebody a lot more if they're willing to be true to themselves and um, it just kind of comes naturally. Are there leaders in your past who helped shape you into the leader that you are today? Absolutely. Um, I mean especially I think the biggest one is freshman year coming in. Uh, you don't really know what to expect and it's kind of a scary, it's like a whole new world. So, uh, But there was like one specific senior uh, who I got pretty close with and she also played center mid and center back and um, so I was kind of expected to come in and fill her shoes which were very big shoes so um, I kind of tried to take uh, that responsibility and um, just kind of look at her as an example who was that if you don't mind me asking Mary Ruth LaCastro do you feel like Rue kind of took you under her wing as hey not only can this person be a be my replacement on the field but kind of in a leadership role as well yes I think so I mean she she knew where I stood with um, like positions and uh, she did a lot of kind of walking me through things and like trying to teach me more and um, yeah so she was very vocal and it's I think it's that's something that's very important also. What brought you here in the first place? Why was Austin P the fit for you coming out of high school? Um, well honestly I didn't know about Austin P before I came but um I we get that a lot don't yeah, we? yeah. <laughs> um, so but um coach Kelly Guth actually emailed me my junior year of high school and um it was kind of crazy because I didn't I wasn't I was dead set on another school I didn't plan on looking anymore I was ready to commit and then I came on my visit and I was just like blown away it was kind of just like the team chemistry like coaching staff um, campus just everything I think was just the whole package for me since the day you got here it feels like your toughness and tenacity on the field has been evident like you're you're a hard-nosed player anybody that watches you play knows that is that something that was just natural to you the first time you stepped on a soccer field or is that something you had to develop over time um I think it's definitely something that was developed because um uh obviously being um, one of the tallest people on the field helps, <laughs> but um, I used to be like super, super skinny. wasn't always was the one who got pushed and never really um, could push anybody else. It wasn't very capable. But um, I don't know, like through like lifting and more like training and stuff like that, it just kind of uh, kind of developed into my style of play and like, uh, which is also very helpful on defense. You know, you kind of have to be a brick wall basically. <laughs> so. For you as a defender, for you just as a player in general, when is a yellow card fine? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It kind of depends on the situation. It's kind of a give or take with uh, 
whether or not you're going to be proud of it or not um because every ref is different um you don't really know how harshly they're going to call foul or um and it could very easily be a complete ac accident i mean i myself have had two this year but um obviously if it's something that's inappropriate or um like uncalled for then it's hard for other people to kind of look at you and say like oh well like it's okay like we still respect her but um I think if it's something um maybe you're playing so hard that you just like get caught up in the moment and it could be a complete accident and um something like that is I mean to me semi-acceptable <laughs> not that a yellow card is ever acceptable but does it fire your teammates up to get the occasional yellow is there something about it that kind of gives everybody a lift if you're just going so hard like you said that it's just a natural occurrence within the course of play um it's kind of a I mean after you get one you kind of have to take a step back almost because if you get another one then you're out of the game and the next one so uh which is not only unfortunate for you but it's unfortunate for your team um so it's more of just like thinking being conscious of it and your teammates are also also conscious of it so maybe if you have to take a step back somebody else needs to step up and um kind of be that person to be a little more aggressive because after the, that first one the ref is going to be watching you like a hawk so okay let's do either or i want to get your take on some okay. of this stuff weights are running uh that's a good question weights twitter or insta Twitter. Present or future? Future. Ice coffee or hot coffee? Ice coffee. TV or book? TV. Late or early? Early. Love or money? Love. Loved or feared? Loved. Would you rather know how you'll die or when you'll die? Why's that? Uh, I don't know. I feel like if I knew when, I would kind of just be worrying about that for the rest of my life. So um, if I knew how, might be more helpful <laughs> as to maybe what I need to avoid. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes sense. So you can play midfield. You can play on the back line. What do you like better and why? Um, I think it kind of depends on the game, the type of game that we're playing. Uh, the style of soccer. I personally like to play a more possession-based soccer game. Um, so that's really helpful if I'm playing in the midfield, just being able to get more involved and um, kind of just move the ball around. And uh, sometimes, um, even if we don't want to, like we tend to maybe play a little more direct. And in that sense, I would rather play in the back because the midfield is bypassed a lot in those type of games. and. Um, even if we want to avoid it as much as possible, but sometimes it, it just happens. Is this something dictated by opponents a lot of times? Um, or matchups more than anything else? Probably, yes. It's because um, you never really know what you're going to get. You might. It's more just adjusting to the game and whoever you're playing. You've played 90-plus game after game after game after game is that fitness or is that a mindset to go out there and know you're never coming off the field um <laughs> I think it's both uh at first it, I think it starts out as more fitness um I mean the team who's more fit at the 
who can last through a game longer is likely going to win that game. But, I mean, as the season uh, comes to an end and you get to your last games, it's your body is just gassed and you're sore and you're tired. And so then at that point, I think it's more of um, who is willing to overcome this soreness and the tiredness and um, kind of just pick each other up and, like, overcome it and just push through it. Is it tougher to stay locked in <coughs> mentally or be completely giving 100% all the time physically over the course of 90 minutes? Um, I mean, for me, it's um, more, I think, it's hard to say because sometimes um, it's more like, oh, my gosh, I can't make this last 30-yard sprint or um, – but then at that point, that's when your mind has to kick in and be like, hey, well, you kind of have to. But um, there's also those really frustrating games where mentally you're just super, um, like, overwhelmed. And so it's kind of hard. But um, I think more it's exhaustion, like, just physically. Soccer is unique in comparison to some other sports in the whole club soccer culture as you're coming up playing youth. What is the difference in kind of the pro-cons between that and playing for your high school team? Um, there are many high school teams that are very good, but um, for my own high school, I feel like mostly people were just there for pure joy and enjoyment. And um, But I think uh, that high school soccer was more people had – other things to worry about, other things to focus on. People were going different directions, and um, I think club soccer had more of a – it was more family-oriented, and, like, we're all in it together. We're all trying to accomplish mostly the same goal of trying to go to college and play soccer, and um, it was definitely a more competitive level also. And um, so we just have a lot in common, and um, it's really – you're basically together traveling every weekend. It's pretty similar to college soccer, but – um, obviously not the same level, but just that kind of bond that you make with your teammates is um, completely different. Is it good preparation for what you would get in collegiate <coughs> soccer where you'll be living out of hotel rooms during several weekends out of the season, uh, not eating great, and, you know, just the, the – you know what the overall – weekend at a hotel is when you're going on the road it it sucks yeah <laughs> um I mean it's I definitely think it prepared me it was um obviously it's hard to prepare for the type of level of soccer in college that you're about to step into but um and also just that kind of like independence like obviously we were all in the same hotels and running around having fun but um our parents were there we got to you know pretty much just um, run around, do whatever we want, and um, I think at the college level, it's just your the speed of play is faster, and the um, hotels are the hotel situation is mostly the same. But um, it's just kind of either way, it's a whole new experience. Hey, y'all! Quick break to talk about North Meat South Catering. North Meat South Catering is our proud sponsor of Austin P. Athletics, specializing in custom food orders and also menu of the week meals. North Meat South Catering is a premier caterer for the Clarksville area, located just across the river on Highway 48. Visit them on Facebook today. Let North Meat South Catering take care of your next event. 
women's soccer in this country is, to my mind, out, outshining men's soccer, both from a quality of play uh, and involvement. It's, it's a better overall product. What do you see when it comes to the expansion of women's soccer in the U.S.? What's working, what isn't, and why? Um, uh, I think that's very exciting, first of all, just because um, it's nice to see um, kind of like women together and just kind of um, starting to kind of break out. And I mean, FIFA is um, planning on making like a new uh, women's like world, like a league which is exciting and um, there's a lot of women who have also been elected to the FIFA council and so they're starting to bring more awareness to like expanding it and um, um, just a more of like an equal type of soccer and um, so I think and honestly I mean winning always helps <laughs> but uh, yeah so do you take the idea of being a role model for the next generation seriously? And not just, you know, the, whoever comes along behind you the same way that you came after Rue, but the kids that come out to Morgan Brothers and watch you guys and see, hey, I can go to school. I can do, I can achieve X, Y, and Z of my life goals. Look what she's doing. Is that something that you take seriously? Definitely. Um, I mean, I was that little girl at one point. Um, always going to UT games and getting my soccer ball signed or a poster. So um, getting to being able to have the opportunity to do that same thing for these um, kids is just unbelievable. And um, I don't, obviously, even after I graduate, I'm still going to support Ostapi soccer. I'm still going to support Ostapi as much as I can. So um, I think it's important. It's m more of the idea of just leave a place better um, then you left it, basically. So, some rapid-fire questions to wrap up right. here. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Wow. Um, I cannot believe that's the one that always gets everybody like, wow, I know, this is such a There's deep so many words. Like, uh, probably food. <laughs> <laughs> What's your least favorite word? fitness <laughs> <laughs> what's your greatest fear uh, I have this terrible fear of heights <laughs> not sure why but um if we're looking on a more serious level it's probably the fear of maybe failing I kind of want to hear more about this heights thing. Like, heights. Are, are you bad from like a second story balcony or? I mean, I like, I'll enjoy a nice view, but uh, if I look down, I just, the, the heart starts racing and um, I don't do roller coasters. I can't never, I've probably been on a roller coaster like twice in my life, hoping that maybe one day I would enjoy it, but it never works out. Not so far, huh? So, no. What virtue is most overrated in people? Hmm. I think I think honestly a lot of people take love for granted so it's just um, 
like fam whether it's between like family friends i mean um you don't really realize how amazing it is and how um much it can impact somebody until it's gone or until um yeah <laughs> i kind of want to hear more about that uh, because i think that's that's very uh it's a very profound statement. I can't just leave it at that. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, I I don't I don't disagree. I just kind of want to hear your more of your thoughts. Um, about I mean, there's I mean there's a lot of people maybe uh, that could take advantage of like the love that they're receiving from other people or um, maybe just it's it's hard just because like you really never know what's gonna happen. So it's just always appreciating the people around you and always appreciating like this there's there's so much love whether it's just in your team or in your family or even I guess in athletics in general like we're all just kind of there for each other and like looking at the bigger picture it's just kind of um there's not many people that or there's plenty of people that obviously experience love but um there's it's still a privilege to be able to feel that type of love and support and do you feel like what we've got here, the way everybody picks everybody up, the support everybody offers from team to team, person to person, do you feel like that is a unique form of love that maybe you wouldn't have gotten at another place? Um, I definitely think it is. I mean, um, I can't really speak for other schools because I don't really know anything else, but um, I like to, but I like to have um, this idea of basically any athlete, like no matter what school you go to at the end of the day, like, um, we're all there for each other. Like say, um, somebody that, you know, on another, at another school, like has bad injury. There's plenty of people that are more than willing to, you know, sh even shoot them a text, be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. So, um, I think it's a big thing just among athletes in general, just because especially if somebody does get injured, maybe you've had that same kind of in injury. Um, so you're able to kind of be there for each other. I've kind of got off track here, but I want to expound <laughs> on that too. Um, <coughs> does that happen a lot where you're reaching out to or have been reached out to by opponents w around the league or people that you've played to just say, hey, I'm thinking about your, hey, wanted to get your uh, opinion about this. Is that something that happens a lot? Um, well, I mean, just recently, like, we had a girl that transferred – um, who went here and she was in my class and then I also had a friend at home and they both um, tore their ACLs and so um, I was talking to my friend at home about it. I was like yeah I can't believe this like she tore her ACL and um, she was like yeah just like give her my number if she wants to talk to me like um, or like asking me questions about her like how she's doing and they're not even in the same conference so it's crazy and they don't even know each other but that's that's really cool I never knew that about you guys in college athletics and how you communicate with one another that way. That's cool. What quality do you admire most in a friend? Um, I think what I admire most is um, like a loyal friend, just kind of somebody who's always there for you no matter what, always like willing to talk. Um, I think that's really important just instead of like bottling everything up inside just having that kind of escape and um being able to have that kind of trust too is very important where are you happiest um 
honestly, I'm probably happiest um, around basically just the people that I love in general. I mean, obviously, whether it's on, it could be on the soccer field, I'm around my teammates and that I love, and we're all doing um, this beautiful sport that we love to do, and um, or whether it's around my family, just constant laughing, constant just smiles, everything. Who is your favorite fictional hero or heroine? Oh, okay. Um, fictional. If you know a real life superhero or heroine, <laughs> you can use that too. Totally cool. Um, I'm a big fan. I just recently saw the new Wonder Woman movie. Yes, that's what I of knew. Of course. <laughs> I love Wonder Woman. I thought of that was course. the best yeah, movie last year. Of course. Yeah, she is amazing. Um, what part of the holiday season could you do without? Holidays are great. I don't know. It's they are, but, you know, there's so much. There's just so much. <laughs> what if you had to pick one thing and just go, you know, I hate to miss it, but if I've got to take one thing off the schedule or off my plate, it would be. Uh, I really want to say Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Just Oh, so you just get rid of Halloween. Just get rid of it. it. Yeah, unless, we're unless we're going to change it to just only like cheerful i'd see i don't like clowns i don't like jumpy just scary movies i, don't, I bet I you're don't great in haunted house god no i can't <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so did please tell me you went to a haunted house i have been once when around here or back i uh, know back home okay so next year get your teammates to take you to a haunted <laughs> house got it okay what might prompt you to lie to lie oh gosh i don't Honestly, couldn't tell you the last time I lied, to be completely honest. That's a good <laughs> Which thing. I mean, that's good, but. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Surely there is an example somewhere in your past. Right. I even got Zach Lotta to answer this one. Really? Honestly. Yeah. I don't believe that. I'll have to listen to that. I need he, some he, he may have lied to me, but he at least <laughs> answered the question. Uh,. I don't know. I mean, even the typical, you know, like, do these jeans make me look bad? I'll probably say, you know, maybe they try out <laughs> something else. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just pass on that well, one yeah. then. So what's next for you? You're a junior, right? So you've got one more year of soccer here. And then kind of what's your plan? Um, well, right now I am pre-med and I'm a chemistry major. So my plan is to go to medical school. I'm not really sure where. Um, so that's pretty much where I'm headed at this point. Uh, summer internships or anything like that you got coming up next summer to kind of get prepared for that? Um, not quite yet. I'm kind of looking just uh, whether it's like shadowing hours or like uh, volunteering mostly. As you get to this side of your academic and athletic career, are you starting to see that, wow, I've got a I've got to get some stuff added to the resume because that's kind of what the med schools are going to be looking at. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I've done a lot as far as like, um, I mean, I've had a lot of opportunity so far and, um, I think my biggest thing is like, maybe like, how do I spend my summers, even though I really only have like a month, <laughs> but, um, there's still plenty of time to like, get in some volunteering and um, that type of thing because obviously when I come back I 
really don't have much time to do anything else. So, um, but yeah, it's a little stressful, but um, I kind of just want to play soccer for the rest of my life. But <laughs> um, well, you can do that too. <laughs> I could try, but um, no, yeah, it's it's stressful. So I'm trying to look to new opportunities, but at the same time, it's really exciting. Would there be any thought to going on and trying to play soccer overseas or trying to get into coaching? Or are you, once you're done, you're done? Um, I mean, honestly, if I did have the opportunity, like I would love to, but um, I don't know exactly for how long I would do that for, just because I'm very eager to kind of like get my life started and um, get ready for what's ahead. Good deal. Well. Renee Simon, thank you for joining me today. You've been an absolute Thank you very much to Renee Simon for joining us this week. Renee, a fantastic guest, as all our guests have been this semester. All right, looking ahead this week, things are slowing down as exams begin to crank up. But men's basketball finally at home again as the Govs host Calvary in a 4 p.m. contest Saturday in the Dunn Center. If you've never heard of Calvary, I hadn't either until I saw this year's schedule, but apparently they were a very bad NCCAA, that's National Christian College Athletic Association, Division II team last year, finishing 4-20. They've upgraded to aggressively mediocre in the early part of 2018-19 at 4-4 four four on the season. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I really kind of hope the Govs can take care of business against Calvary. I, I don't want to say too much, but it, this seems winnable. I'll, I'll leave it like that. Yeah, and women's basketball also in the Dunn the next day on Sunday as they host Alabama A&M. They look to even the record at 5-5 five and five on the season, and this is the last chance to see Coach David Midlick's team at home until January 3rd against Eastern Kentucky. They only have one other game between now and January, or between December 9th and January 3rd, and that is a road game against Evansville. You believe we're already talking about January third in the opening of conference season? Yeah, it's <laughs> hey, the men. Some of the Big Ten's already there. I know, the I know. Track and field also get another pre-Christmas event in this Saturday at the Saluki Fast Start in Carbondale, Illinois. Savannah Amato won the pole vault here last year. Denia Hill Tate was a runner-up in the high jump. Governors looking across the board to go into the break on a high note. A couple of notices for our student athletes and being someone who's just in school. A couple semesters ago, exams start tomorrow, so I'm aware of the, the cramming and stuff that some people may do, and I really hope this is not the first that you're hearing this if you listen to the podcast and you're like, oh, I may have some exams. Um, with exams, it also comes book return, and if you're a student athlete, this has to be stressed. If, on, if you're on a book scholarship, do not turn anything into the bookstore without talking to your academic coordinator. And Ryan Combs, he, he all capped that in his email, so... It must be important. It's also all capped on the script from Colby, so it must be doubly important. Nothing I put on the script is important. <laughs> Food for Fun 2018 continues until December 10th at Shastine. 
10 perishable food items equals the erasing of one parking ticket. Max of two tickets can be waived. Do some good and keep your parking ticket fines to a minimum. Uh, as mentioned, Saturday men's basketball game at home is also Saks Help and Elf event, collecting toys for two little girls. We'll embed that list of items that they're looking for in the show notes, and if you bring one, you get free admission into the game against Calvary. And as always, First Christian Church needs help unloading its food truck. This Saturday is our last call for Loaves and Fishes Jingle Bell Food Drive, and Haley Jacoby is who you should talk to about that for any additional details. Get in touch, stay in touch via web and social. Dylan, where is it that the people go to get in touch and stay in touch with us in terms of socials? Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is where you can find us at Let's Go P. You can also follow each individual team account on Twitter. Um, shout out to Taylor Wiseman in, at Video Services and Tyler Davis in um, Digital Media. They are the ones getting all this content out for you. A lot of times we just post it, but they are the ones responsible for for getting all this stuff out that looks cool and engaging to all of the Austin P community. Add a way to, to short sell us. Uh, <laughs> let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan L.A., myself, working hard to give you all the information that we can figure out when we know it, you know it. And if you still need tickets for whatever sport that you want to go, you know, and come see here at Austin P, you can go see Katie Locke and Sydney Hooper in the ticket office. Also, tickets, they can be a great stocking stuffer. Um, let Katie and Sid be your helpful elf this holiday season. I just read that off the script that Colby put. Cause yeah, I, I can always tell when you didn't read the script beforehand because you're like, what is he trying to, what is this <laughs> idiot trying to make me say? Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letscopy.com slash podcast. Spread some cheer. Give us a rating and review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. Want to suggest a guest? Let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Quiz me about which hotel showers are the best after a month on the road. Email us at schwartzd at apsu.edu or wilsonrc at apsu.edu. And we will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. <laughs>